Hello and welcome to the With Jay Burke Show. My name is Jason Burke, and though I'm technically the host of this podcast, it's the guests who truly take top billing. This is a place for curious minds who enjoy civil and sometimes meandering conversation. If you appreciate a few laughs and want to come away with knowledge about subjects that aren't always easy to break down, then you're the person I want listening to this podcast. Apologies for the provocative title. Most of this has been taken from my days when I was writing articles on various topics. This one had more of a philosophical bend to it, but I always wanted to update it a bit more, and I feel like there's parts to it that really play well to today. Find out for yourself, but it's more about how human nature is evolving, and as technology seems to rise, people seem to be sliding backward or struggling to keep up. It's as if the next phase of evolution isn't going to include us at all. If you want to read the original, I'll leave it in the show description along with some other articles that were cited here. But please enjoy this solo outing of the With Jay Burke show titled Sex in the Machine or Accepting That All We May Be Is the Orgasm That Birthed the Robot. Watch out. You might get what you're after. All human progress consists of forward thinking. We're rational beasts with primordial urges. We derive from carbon, manage to stand upright from all fours in over hundreds of thousands of years, maximize the soft tissue in our brains to become cognitive weapons capable of the miraculous. However, we are held back by more than the size of our skulls. The urge to create, more aptly, procreate, still lies within the DNA of our reptile brain. It's all been there since the beginning. Fixed action patterns, the pelvic thrust, in the recesses of our subconscious before we invented euphemisms and censorship, the orgasm, the male version anyway, gives way to conception, which gives way to life. You naughty, naughty boy! So how does all this filthy talk that has you feeling inquisitive or shamed or both give way to the machines? It doesn't. Not so much in the concrete sense, but more the abstract. See, as a species, we evolve. And we may be at an age where that evolution has only taken us so far. Suicide and depression rates are on the rise. Medication prescriptions for anxiety and other assorted mental illnesses are flying off doctors' pads quicker than they can scribble. And according to the Journal Archives of Sexual Behavior, it finds that younger millennials born in the 1990s are more than twice as likely to be sexually inactive in their early 20s as the previous generation was. Are these the signals of a precipitous fall? Perhaps not, but evolution may be stalling in a biological sense. And when we take a step back to take an honest look at where we're heading, the evolutionary path seems to be a technological one. Since the first humans learned to control fire and leave the hominins, Neanderthals, and Denisovans cemented in hard-packed earth, life became easier to sustain. Cooking provided more caloric intake, 
Huddling around an open flame gave rise to cultural traditions. The world opened geographically and our brains grew more prominent as a result. But with rational thought and contemplation came something no other creature has been able to duplicate. A sense of purpose. See, humanity is a funny thing, however. Swayed too easily toward emotional thinking, we seem to lack the proper perspective because as big as our brains are, we like to view the world in relation to ourselves. It's why we can look into a lover's eyes and not see the happy cocktail mix of dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, and endorphins firing off all at once to stimulate reproductive motivations. It's why we can marvel at the beauty of the stars in a purple sky and not think twice about the forests we've cleared, the water and soil that's been used up and polluted, or the species that have been stomped out and never to return. So what's next? From the standpoint of a species, our only goal is perpetual existence. Nature has its laws too, and undoubtedly we're infringing on those at almost 7.8 billion people and counting. All of life eventually becomes extinct, and we're an asteroid, nuclear winter, or a super virus away from complete annihilation. Humanity being just another small footnote in the long arc of existence. Perhaps the only saving lies within a conjugal arrangement between man and machine, or, more appropriately, humans and artificial intelligence. For if Leonardo sketched the Vitruvian Man as the perfect template, Siri might be well on her way to melding the model hybrid. Some will scoff at the notion of the integration of these limitless tools on the horizon, but for every fantasy Terminator concocted by Hollywood and fused with flesh-like exterior, we have actual prosthetic limbs sewn into human bone and tissue. He's more machine now than man, twisted and evil. Even the smartphone has replaced the watch, the camera, the alarm clock, the calculator, the GPS, and guess what? It's rewiring your brain. If the human brain can process no more than 60 bits per second, it'll find ways to expend the energy as expeditiously as possible. After all, around 20%, after all, estimates say 20% or more of the body's energy output is dispersed by the brain acting as the conductor, keeping our organs and consciousness in a state of symphony. Delegating duties and pushing off non-important tasks everywhere is where technology has become most addictive. We're like Pavlov's dog, salivating at each buzz and beep, and when we need to recall some lost information, why not just let Google's endless artificial intellect complete the task within its search engine algorithms? According to Arati Prabhakar, she says... We and our technological creations are poised to embark on what is sure to be a strange and deeply commingled evolutionary path. Prabhakar is the director at the U.S. Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, or DARPA, which sounds like it's from the TV show Lost, but it's not. Uh, but it is a government entity. Prabhakar believes biology and technology will become synonymous. DARPA has been the backbone of most of our technological achievements without the bluster of a Steve Jobs or the salesmanship of a Bill Gates. They've created or been instrumental in the fruition of the internet. They beat Google Maps to the punch by about 30 years and gave us the autonomous vehicles which will eventually save countless lives. Currently DARPA is in the midst of its latest technological project named The Big Mechanism. 
The purpose is to gather as much cancer research as possible from journals and articles and assemble this information into predictive models and explanations to cure or eradicate particular types of cancers. Simple for machines programmed for one purpose, who don't have to deal with egos and fears and the inadequacies that plague the fragile human psyche. It's also a task humans are horribly inept and equipped to handle and perform much more proficiently by machines. So what happens if the machines realize their most terrible master can now become its most wonderful slave? It's a fear that many scientists, academics, and even titans of the tech world fear may be happening. Concerns about runaway artificial intelligence have famously been rendered from the lips of Elon Musk and Bill Gates. Even neuroscientist, podcaster, and public intellectual Sam Harris once asked how we could expect a computer endowed with super-intelligent AI running a million times faster than the greatest living minds able to perform in a week what took human-level intellect 20,000 years to have values commensurate of our own. So what exactly is AI? AI, or artificial intelligence, has been a part of science fiction for centuries, but it's only in the past few decades that technology has begun to catch up with the imagination. Today, we're on the cusp of a new era in which AI will transform our very way of life in many ways, AI is already starting to reshape our world. Machines can now perform certain cognitive tasks that were once the exclusive domain of humans. For instance, they can recognize faces and objects, understand natural language, and make decisions based on complex data sets. Moreover, AI is becoming increasingly capable of learning on its own, a process known as deep learning. As AI continues to evolve, its capabilities will continue to expand, and its impact on our world will become even more profound. Each of these questions only sprout thousands more. Humanity progresses because we can't remain idle. Momentum takes us forward, and where we once were happy serving an invisible god, well now we're on to creating one. Crystal balls aside, we have no clue what that god will be or how it will view us. Will we be torn apart and destroyed in some violent Terminator 2 scenario? Hasta la vista, baby. Probably not exactly that way. But in 2015, the Future of Life Institute published an open letter on AI weapons warning that a global arms race is virtually inevitable. An escalatory dynamic such as this represents familiar terrain. Powerful countries have long fought for military supremacy, whether it be the Anglo-German naval arms race that led to World War I or the Soviet-American nuclear arms race of the late 20th century. The U.S. Department of Defense describes autonomous weapon systems as a weapon system that, once activated, can select and engage targets without further intervention by human operators. That's fucking Skynet, homie. Billions of people just living out their lives. Oblivious. If it sounds like the stuff of science fiction or from some conspiracy-based website, well, let's take a look at this excerpt 
from a New York Times article, which was written by Anna Vanessa Herrero and Nicholas Casey. This was regarding the August 4th, 2018 assassination attempt of President Nicolas Maduro of Venezuela at a military ceremony. And it explains it was an attack that seemed scripted for Hollywood. Off-camera explosions, low-flying drones exploding mid-air, the president and first lady ducking for cover, thousands of soldiers in a military parade suddenly fleeing in a stampede that was broadcast to the country live. The drone attack was just the latest in a string of attempts in recent years to end the tenure of Mr. Maduro, who was declared the victor of an election in May that carries his term until 2025. No previous assaults have been as bold, though, and this appeared to have been the first assassination attempt on a head of state using drones. Okay, so at present, 40 countries have banned the use of AI weapons or killer robots. It's not making my Terminator 2 scenario sound less plausible. Of course, I'm a Terminator. Uh, but according to Human Rights Watch, on December 17, 2021, governments at the United Nations Sixth Review Conference on the Convention of Con <laughs> Conventional Weapons. I'm sorry, that's just a silly name to me. The Sixth Review Conference of the Convention on Conventional Weapons, or CCW for short. I think CCW is better. But anyway, the CCW were unable to agree to begin negotiations on new rules for, in quotes, killer robots. Killer robots are weapons that select and engage targets without meaningful human control. Yeah, so terminators the reason they couldn't agree on these negotiations russia the united states india and israel were primarily responsible for preventing this because the ccw operates by a consensus so these four countries and a handful of others are investing heavily in the military applications of artificial intelligence and emerging technologies prevented agreement on these regulatory proposals that may be worrisome, but there's another scenario that seems far more likely. After all, there are many fears that, machine, that machines will displace us and send our fragile economic equilibrium spiraling. It was the core message of the then-insurgent long-shot Democratic presidential campaign of Andrew Yang, thrusting him from well-to-do former tech executive who started the non-profit organization Venture for America to be the voice of reasoned principle for both sides of the political spectrum. While most Democrats spent the 2020 election cycle agreeing in principle on a handful of core issues, protecting DACA or rejoining the Paris Climate Agreement and unraveling President Trump's tax breaks for the wealthy, Andrew Yang took to the bully pulpit with a, a kind face and friendly disposition spouting about the upcoming robot apocalypse that the other members of Congress either don't understand or want to turn a blind eye to. All you need is self-driving cars to destabilize society, Yang said in his first interview about his campaign. In just a few years, he said, we're going to have a million truck drivers out of work who are 94% male with an average level of education of high school or one year of college. That one innovation, he continued, 
will be enough to create riots in the streets. And we're about to do the same thing to retail workers, call center workers, fast food workers, insurance companies, and accounting firms. Studies may provide some reality to these claims. According to a September 2018 report by the McKinsey Global Institute on the impact of AI on the world economy, AI may add up to $13 trillion to the worldwide GDP by 2030. However, in addition to its economic benefits, which may bring us the world's first trillionaires, AI could inevitably lead to significant disruptions for workers, companies, and economies. There will likely be considerable costs associated with managing labor market transitions, especially for workers left behind by AI technologies. And back to Andrew Yang, who's now started a third party called Forward to try to keep the conversation on AI and the economy, well, moving forward. Here's another clip of him speaking about AI. I recently spoke to a conference of CEOs, and I asked them how many of them are looking at AI replacing workers in their back office functions, and every single hand went up. We have to level with ourselves that AI is going to displace many, many American workers, and it's already happening. There are still 2.5 million call center workers in the United States who make about $14 an hour, uh, and AI is going to replace them quite soon. Google already dem uh, demonstrated software that can do much of that job. So when you think about AI, unfortunately, some people think of this as like literal science fiction, like there's going to be like an artificial intelligence that's, you know, walking and talking or something along those lines. But you don't need AI that's actually intelligent. You just need AI that can edit contracts and fill out accounting forms and answer customer service calls faster and uh, more uh, error-free than the average high school graduate. Okay, so it's easy to buy into the hype of an omnipotent artificial intelligence these days. After all, we're watching venture capitalists dump billions of dollars into tech startups, and government technocrats are boasting of how AI is going to help them streamline municipal governance. But the hype is just the hype. The true threat of AI to humanity lies not in the power of AI itself, but in the ways it has begun to chip away at our humanity. The truth is, we know AI is already changing power dynamics and interpersonal relationships every day. Government institutions and multi-conglomerates are wading into the waters of a moral abyss, capitalizing on treating humans as, as minuscule data points to be aggregated and tapped by AI. This dehumanization further amplifies a winner-takes-all logic that creates mighty AI monopolies that erode the things that allow us to progress, human agency and autonomy. In order to mitigate the side effects, it's going to take a partnership. It's going to be a partnership within academia, civil society, with regulators, and corporations to ensure that human-centric AI will empower humanity, not remove us further from it. Listen, the machines may very well outsmart us one day. It may have always been inevitable. The river of time always flowing in that one direction. Perhaps this was the journey all along. We can worry endlessly about the outcome, but we need to remember we're here today for better or worse, living our life in the first person. We're all very different, but we're very much the same, made up of the same raw materials as the 
great dark nebula and the luminescent stars they dance between. We're just swirling atoms and molecules smashing into form, hidden from the atomic chaos beneath. Yet, we have subtle nuanced differences that set us apart. In 1964, communications theorist and futurist philosopher Marshall McClellan wrote, Man becomes, as it were, the sex organs of the machine world. If it's true, we can take solace in the fact that we were created in some pleasurable, spastic release, a, a mishmash of excitement and content. If our true purpose, the one that births the machine, is our prophecy, perhaps we should live our lives as the orgasms we always were. Thanks to everyone who took some time out of their day today to listen. The With Jay Burke Show is available wherever you find your favorite podcast or go directly to jayburkshow.podbean.com and subscribe to get the latest episodes. I know it may not always be a straight line, but I hope we'll see you again to take the journey and escape a while for thoughtful excursions into the world of ideas across politics, technology, pop culture, and all realms of civic life. See you soon.